So, Julia Kreutz, I wanted to start tonight by just getting right to Bobachev. After some of the early innings tonight with runners in scoring position, when the bases were loaded, even though right here in the studios at Baseball Control, just the two of us here, I, I could feel almost through my computer screen and through the television set the imminent reaction of Jays fans everywhere if they didn't break through, cash in something there against the Pittsburgh Pirates. And boy, in the end, that was one very impressive piece of hitting. Bo Bichette turns in. He displays in the seventh inning against Dwayne Underwood Jr. There, like, There's no doubt that Bo Bichette is not having the year many expected. But boy, that was a good reminder in the seventh inning of the kind of player everyone, fans, media, I'm sure he himself, the front office, his teammates, all want and hope he can be long-term. Uh, just, I guess it's just a reminder that when he is on, he is a very, very tough out. Uh, he hits the two-run bomb yesterday for some late insurance. And tonight, uh, honestly, dare I say, one of his best ABs of the season with two outs, fouling away pitch after pitch, laying off a few others, gets the count to three and two, and then laces the ball into left field to clear the bases, a three RBI double. Uh, you add in that great throw, basically, what, a handful of minutes later to end the bottom of the seventh inning. He's just, he is having a great series in Pittsburgh. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And it's, it's exactly what you need, right? I think that every single baseball season will have highs and lows, ups and downs, ebbs and flows, however you want to put it. And Bichette is certainly, he, he has felt the onus of, of when he is off, of, of, of when things aren't going his way, the ball's aren't dropping where they're supposed to, right? There's a bit of, un, of of bad luck to that. There's also a bit of regression maybe from the numbers of last year, which is fine. But that 10 pitch at bat today, I think it, it, it was sort of a, a defining moment because we know how big a game he had last night, three hits, a two-run home run, a big one at that. And then again today, he is faced with the opportunity to change things, to actually swing the momentum for the Blue Jays in a very important game, one that it's uh, <laughs> one that the Blue Jays, in a way, it was a must win, and then in another way, it was a bullpen game, sort of a let's just get through this type of deal. Yeah. Of course, every single game from now until the end of the season will be important, but certainly there was a little bit of doubt maybe in this one. So that at bat to me was um, was a big not not only did it swing the momentum of the game but it may very well have been a defining moment for Bo Bichette and how he performs in this final month of the season. Because just as he did hit a, a three-run double there, no one would have necessarily been surprised had he struck out or flied out. It's, uh, it's been that type of a year, especially when you're, when you're talking about the Blue Jays lineup. We know how many times of late the Blue Jays have loaded the bases and failed to score. And so when you have Bo Bichette coming in, after the game that he had last night, he already had a hit by that point, I think, in the game here because he, the, the, he finished the night with two hits today. Everything pointed to one direction. But with the way that things are going, you just never know. The Blue Jays went one for 11 with runners in scoring position. That was the one. And it's really telling that it came off the bat of Bo Bichette, a guy who has been sort of at the <laughs> at the at the bad side of maybe of the of, of some of the fan base here, turning things around in a big way and reminding everyone why 
he he is considered a star in this Blue Jays team. Yeah, the WRC plus uh, number is going to go up after tonight. That's for sure. And and don't get me wrong, he is an imperfect player. There are a few perfect players out there, but you don't need everyone to be perfect every single night. You do want more from your stars, the guys who are more important, uh, the much ballyhooed, much discussed players on this team. But Bichette is definitely heating up as of late. Um, I also wanted to give credit to Matt Chapman for in that same inning, in the seventh inning, for drawing a walk prior to Bo's plate appearance. Maybe, and I, the reason I wanted to doubly point that out is because considering the way Chapman's prior AB went, which was honestly poor in the fifth inning, I believe, uh, so it was it was good to see them adjusting to a degree against Dwayne Underwood Jr. Um, and the Pirates bullpen, but specifically against Underwood Jr. in that seventh inning of work. Uh, but of course, welcome to Jay's Talk on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Show Ali and Julia Kreutz with you tonight as we discuss this 4-1 win for the Blue Jays over the Pirates. They grab the series win. They aim for the sweep tomorrow. Give us a call at 416-870-0590, 590 star 590 on your cell, or shoot us a text at 590-590, name and location. Uh, real quick, I wanted to, we're going to play a piece of audio here, Julia, but uh, before we do that, I just wanted to, in case anyone missed this, the Jays did announce that Santiago Espinal, after he got hit on the hand, I think it was his left hand, uh, left hand contusion, the Jays saying, he was removed from tonight's game with. He got hit in the left hand by an errant throw. It looks like it got him right on the fingers, like right on the middle of your kind of knuckles there, uh, which would be quite painful. And he was obviously yeah. in a lot of pain. But uh, Jay saying on Twitter, he had precautionary x-rays, which came back negative. So we'll hear more, I'm sure, from Schneider either tonight or tomorrow. Uh, so that's always good. Just I just wanted to make sure everyone did catch that news if you missed it during the uh, TV or radio broadcast. But Espinal removed with a left-hand contusion and uh, precautionary x-rays did come back negative. Um, but I, I wanted to play this piece of audio. We're talking about Bo Bichette, and he's the kind of big story tonight. We will get to the rest of the offense because outside of the bases clearing double, just the one run from the Blue Jays, uh, Some, like you said, one for 11 with runners in scoring position, still, still not what you want to see against a team like the Pittsburgh Pirates. But we'll talk about that. We will talk about Trevor Richards and what we saw from Yusei Kikuchi tonight as well. I want to discuss all of that. But on Bo Bichette, this was from earlier today. I think this was maybe a couple hours pregame. Bo Bichette speaking to Sportsnet's owner, Ash Madani. And I think this particular quote perfectly encapsulates what we saw and heard tonight from both the plate uh, in that seventh inning. Just trying not to be the perfect hitter, just uh, be who I am. Um, I'm super aggressive. Um, I have a plan when I go up there, so I'm just trying to be super aggressive on that plan and then um, compete with everything I have with two strikes. So uh, just trying to be myself, that's pretty much it. So that's a, it's a very short and sweet quote when he's talking to Arash earlier today, and I just think that you did see him foul pitch after pitch after pitch a 10, I think what it was a 10 pitch or plus 10 plus pitches AB against, uh, against Wayne Underwood in the, in the seventh inning. And look, that's what you want to see. That's what you want to see. It doesn't really matter who the opponent is at this point. I think you just want a win is a win is a win. And it would, it be nice if the teams around the blue Jays in the wildcard race would stop winning that would uh, please, please. And thank you. That'd be very nice. But at the same time, Hey, you can only control what you can control and seeing that from hearing that from Bo pregame and then seeing it in action tonight in an actual ball game. It just, it gives you a little bit, a, a bit of a confidence booster, I'm sure for, for him and the rest of the Jays on that team. Yeah. And I think that it, it serves everyone well to remember that not just himself, um, but you know, everyone around him that he's not going to be the perfect hitter. It is uh, very likely that he's still going to strike out a lot because he is an aggressive guy at the plate 
Also, that aggressiveness is what allows Bo Bichette to have a moment like that bases clearing double today. It's the fact that he's fouling off pitch after pitch. It's the fact that he is uh, keeping pitchers on their toes and he's actually seeing the ball quite well. He is locked in to every single pitch and he is being himself, whether that means hacking at a pitch and, and, and sending it back, whether that means looking foolish at times because he is uh, swinging at everything. And then he is still seeing the ball well enough to get into three, two counts, which is also pretty incredible. I think you and I were joking during the, during that at bat. I said, wouldn't, wouldn't it be funny if he walked in a run? And we said, no, that's, that's taking it a bit too far. <laughs> too far. <laughs> Bichette is an aggressive guy. That is who he is. And what's better than walking in a run is just slapping a ball <laughs> to left field and, and clearing those bases and getting a double. It's who he is. It, it's who he will always be. That's what his athleticism allows him to do. And the fact that he uses the whole field every single game to get those hits. It's been pretty impressive to see him in Pittsburgh. A breath of fresh air for, for the Blue Jays lineup as they still sort of struggle or there's still kind of quiet, especially when it comes to runners in scoring position. It feels like the Blue Jays find a way to get on base and then things sort of just don't happen. It's, it's, uh, it's been very anticlimactic, right, for the past, I don't know, handful of games, I want to say, maybe starting in that Angels series. But when Bo Bichette heats up, you got to believe that there are guys that are going to heat up next, guys like Teoscar Hernandez or even Vladimir Guerrero Jr. himself, who had three balls that, that left his bat at over 95 miles per hour today and zero hits. That's not going to happen. Uh, that's not going to happen often. It, it, there's, a, there's some bad luck involved in that too. So certainly good things coming offensively for the Blue Jays. Uh, good news on Santiago Espinal, the fact that he is, uh, has avoided maybe a, a more serious injury there. And going for the, for the sweep tomorrow, it seems very, very possible that the Blue Jays will sweep the Pirates, uh, especially with Ross Stripling on the mound and the way that he's been pitching as of late. Uh, on the offense, well, okay, before we get to the offense, Santiago Espinal, uh, the injury, certainly left-hand contusion, uh, precautionary x-rays were negative. Again, if you missed it, I would probably guarantee, without guaranteeing really, that uh, Espinal is not going to play tomorrow. So if he doesn't play, maybe we see some shuffling with Biggio there. We saw Whit Merrifield come in as the pinch runner. But I mean, if you if you had to pick between Merrifield and Biggio for playing second base, you're, I, I I would think at this point you would rather take Kevin Biggio. Yes. Not, and I'm not, not saying that to crap on Merrifield by any means, but it just feels like Merrifield standing on this ball club slipped a little when Jackie Bradley Jr. came in and kind of made him, uh, I don't want to say obsolete, but had made him a little redundant, it felt like, out there. And then at second base... Both Espinal and Bijou have been playing much better as of late, specifically in the last couple of weeks. So with that being said, if Espinal is not in there, I think most Jays fans would, and you and I probably would rather see Bijou than Merrifield at second. I think it, that's what makes sense uh, right now when you consider the production over the the past couple of weeks or so. It, it certainly would make more sense to have Bijou out there uh, rather than Whit Merrifield. Of course, it's all going to hinge on scheduled off days or strategy matchups and all of that it, it depends on whether Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is scheduled to DH for example and the Blue Jays may need Kevin Biggio to play first base it's uh it, it's all a matchup and strategy game at this point 
But if none of that uh, were in the equation, in a vacuum, for sure, I right now, based on the production, would pick Kevin Biggio over Whit Merrifield to start at second base. Yeah, Biggio, there is no doubt Biggio has been just playing better. He's been playing much better as of late, so you work him into the lineup when you can. I think he has himself said that he is is, is a quote-unquote super utility player, so I would expect to see him just get the start at second, maybe maybe, maybe even depending on what happens ahead of the doubleheader on Monday, maybe Biggio just gets a couple starts at second base for the next three straight games tomorrow on the two on Monday. So we'll have to see how Espinal uh, responds to more x-rays, more testing. I'm sure maybe once the swelling goes down, they'll be able to evaluate things a little more. But of course, Espinal, that left-hand contusion uh, earlier tonight. Um, look at, let's get to the text line. 590, 590, name and location. This one from Tony and Kitchener. I love they won. A win is a win. Bo coming to save the night two nights in a row, but this performance can't go into Baltimore. The Orioles will score as much runs as possible. If the Jays only score in one inning, it's not going to cut it, especially with Ryan Mountcastle heating up again. It's true. Mountcastle had two two-run homers tonight. Uh, I think what is 19th and 20th, I want to say of the year. Anyways, whatever it is, he is, and he is specifically known for doing some nasty things against of all teams, the Toronto Blue Jays. So I uh, certainly hoping to not see that over the next uh, from Monday onwards. But at the same time, I, I do agree. You do want to see, you do want to see the Blue Jays when they have runners in scoring position, punish teams for making mistakes. And we know this team is talented enough to do that, but they just don't do it consistently enough. For example, they had runners at first and second with no outs. They did tie the game against Ranzi Contreras in that inning, but they only got one run because I think what three straight guys had weak contact right after they had runners on second and first and second with no outs later on the pirates get the error. I think it was uh, O'Neill Cruz to the first baseman, uh, and then the he doesn't doesn't get a clean swipe as the ball bounces right in front of him. Runner gets on base. Runners on the corners with with one out. No runs come of that. And then at the very least, they got the bases clearing double from Bo Bichette because I guarantee you, Julia, the tenor of J-Stock tonight would be much, much different if they squandered one run combined from Trevor Richards and Yusei Kikuchi in four and a third and they lose that game or the game goes to extras and the offense continues to not perform. Hey, again, a win is a win is a win is a win. I will take it. And it's nice to see some positives, but uh, I just, you want to see the blue Jays punish teams more consistently. And again, I just, we're, I feel like we're going to be using the word consistent or inconsistent to describe this team until the end of the regular season. That's exactly it. And, and, and if you don't punish teams like the pirates in that situation, you end up, in in bad spots, right? It's not every day that you're going to have a chance to go one for 11 with runners in scoring position. That's a lot of at-bats and plate appearances in which you have a runner in scoring position. That's not going to happen against teams such as the Tampa Bay Rays. It's just it's just not feasible, right? That's not where, where the Tampa Bay Rays are as a team right now as opposed to the losing Pittsburgh Pirates. So... What does that mean, basically? It means that, one, it's a good thing to see that a guy like Bo Bichette can carry this team's offense from time to time. It is also nice to see that, as managers like to say, hitting is contagious. And so if Bo Bichette is doing this today, it is most likely that other guys will follow suit. And this is just how good the Blue Jays lineup can be. When you have one guy that can win you a game offensively, right, in a lineup filled with stars, that bodes well for you in the future once these stars heat up. 
On the flip side, those stars actually need to heat up. And with a doubleheader coming up against Baltimore, a ton of games against the Tampa Bay Rays, who seem like they will never lose again at this point. My goodness. These guys have to wake up. Uh, the, the, The time is now to make the most of those opportunities and keep in mind that they're not going to come as often as they did tonight, for example. Let's just, and again, I try not to schedule watch, but after next weekend's schedule against the Rangers in Texas, so the road trip ends on September 11th in uh, in Texas. There's the four-game series starting on Monday against the Baltimore Orioles. After that, at Rogers Center, five games against the Rays at Rogers Center, three games at Rogers Center against the O's. They go on the road, take on the Phillies, the Rays again, back at home to take on the Yankees, and then the calendar turns to October. There's a series against the Red Sox to begin on October. But for the, basically, after they come back after the, this current road trip, Rays, Orioles, Phillies, Rays, Yankees. That is not an easy stretch of ball games, and those are all very good teams. The, the Yankees are struggling. There's no doubt about it. The Yankees are absolutely struggling. They lost again to the Rays tonight. They are, I believe the final score was 2-1. to one. Judge hits a home run, and they still lose. That seems to be a very common refrain these days. The AL East lead for the Rays in second place is down to four. The Jays sure can catch up. There's there's a way, there's a path to overtake the Rays and the Yankees in this division. There is, maybe even by the end of September, but they just need to be a little more consistent on offense if they want to do that. Uh, let's go back to the text line, 590-590. I like this one from Frank and Scarborough. This one just came in. Only thing consistent about baseball is that it is inconsistent. It's true. I mean, I you don't want to mm-hmm. like use the excuse that you just get quote-unquote baseballed sometimes but that's that's what happens sometimes sometimes you lose to teams that are categorically worse than you and sometimes you beat teams that are better than you right that's just how that's the nature i dare say that's the nature of baseball julia more than any other sport maybe in the entire world honestly yeah and that's something that john schneider also spoke about uh during the homestand that is baseball is awesome this is a direct quote from john schneider and the fact that you play every single day, first of all, is what makes baseball in many ways harder than other sports, but it is also what allows teams, fan bases, coaching staffs, or whatever it is, not to panic when you have sort of a a three-game skid or a five-game skid. Obviously, you don't want to make a habit out of it, but it means that there's plenty of time to recover from the bad times. So, that's how the Blue Jays are seeing this stretch now. It's a bounce back time. It's it's uh, the time to sort of buckle down, get the wins, the easy ones, and uh, grind through uh, the the challenging parts of this schedule, which we know it's a pretty challenging schedule. Uh, probably more challenging than other than for other teams that are in contention for those wild card spots. Baseball, a lot of the time, does not make sense. I don't think that anyone expected the Yankees to get beaten nine to, nine to nothing yesterday by the Rays. Even as good as the Rays have been of late, it it doesn't really make sense. It also doesn't make sense that the Blue Jays got swept by the Angels. Absolutely not. That's just the nature of the game for sure. And the beauty of it is that tomorrow there's always another game. So tomorrow the Blue Jays are going to take on the Phillies again. They're going to go for the sweep with a really good chance of taking these three games and, and heading for Baltimore with uh, with all the momentum on their side. Uh, before we hit a break here, I just wanted to read these couple of texts just because I think it's a I think it's just a fun, a good point, uh, the fun one as well. I'll read these two ones together. For, well, first of all, Jason and Scarborough at Show and Julesy 
So I appreciate you. I appreciate Aww. that, Jason. Thank you. Uh, he says, what a great Blue Jays crowd in Pittsburgh. Are we a top three traveling team in all of baseball? There's so much good baseball on right now. It's only getting better. We are in for a tense six weeks. All I can say is go Jays go. And then uh, where's the other one? Oh, Mark from Thorold. Great from boat. Great for Bo to come through. Pardon me. Get that big hit two nights in a row for him. Something not talked about that needs to be acknowledged by the players is the amount of Blue Jays fans that are there in Pittsburgh. Very vocal. I can't imagine fans from Detroit or Cleveland doing the same thing. It's very, very unique. This happens in today in sports should be acknowledged more. First of all, nice low key burn mark on fans of tigers or guardians. Good for you. Uh, Getting, getting that one in there. But it's true. I got to say, like last night in the Friday game, you could hear on the radio because we get the feed and they have the mic set up all around the various ballparks here in Toronto at Rogers Center and all the other ballparks across Major League Baseball. And then whenever Ben travels, the uh, ops there make sure that the ambient noise is fed in so you can hear the actual crowd. It's on. It's the same way for TV as well. And last night, it was a pretty jolly crowd. There were some Let's Go Blue Jays chants that I'm sure irked the uh, Pirates faithful, but tonight, my goodness, if you're watching on television, on the telecast, you could see just throngs of Blue Jays fans. They really do travel very, very well. across. Like We always talk about Seattle, for example, because of the proximity to Vancouver, but boy, that's a, that was, I gotta say, very impressive. Kudos to everyone down there in Pittsburgh. Right on. The fact that it's a long weekend certainly helps. The fact that you can drive down to Pittsburgh and it's not necessarily a super taxing drive, I'm sure helps too. And the Blue Jays have earned it. When you think about the fact that they played two years away from Canada and the stories that they tell about playing in Buffalo and the crowd being mostly Yankees or Red Sox fans, oh, man. that's not, that, that can't be fun. That sucked, honestly. Right? Yeah, that was awful. That can't be fun. So it's it's nice to see things go differently and, and the Blue Jays actually get support on the road when they weren't necessarily getting support at home <laughs> over the past couple of seasons, as weird as as, as that sounds. Um, certainly a great fan base, and, and we've, we've known this, right? We know how loud Roger Center can be. Kind of fun that, uh, that the Blue Jays fans are taking that energy elsewhere as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, seeing the crowds travel after, I think you make, bring up a good point, after the, the crowds at TD Ballpark in Dunedin at Salem Field in Buffalo last season, uh, a welcome change. I'll say that from I'll say that for sure. I mean, seeing the Rays fans and Red Sox fans come in and cheer at, in Dunedin, and then seeing just the throngs of Yankees fans going into Salem Field, understandable because Buffalo's in New York, so like you get it. But at the same time, I just I was sick of it after a certain point, and I'm sure everyone else was too. So, and I'm sure the players were no different. So it was nice to see. It's just it's nice to see them back home. Certainly going dating back to last summer, but also nice to see the Blue Jays fans carrying the torch for the team on the road as well. But that's Julia Kreutz. I'm show Ali. We're going to step aside, take a very quick break. When we come back, get get to the uh, bet three, six, five standings update. Take a look around the very competitive AL East and the wildcard race as well. And we'll get back to the phone lines and the text line five ninety five ninety. Still some time to shoot us a text. If you like, leave your name and location, but you're listening to Jay's talk show and Julia on the Sportsnet radio network. No one's as hard on Bo as Bo as, as Bo is on himself. That's, sure. that's the answer I can give. You know, and that's probably one of the things that he's going to have to figure out how to uh, you know handle over a career is that he's so driven uh, to be an elite player. He's so driven to be great that he's never satisfied with his effort. He's never satisfied with the outcomes. Um, 
just to me, that athleticism, um, his knowledge and love of the game, um, and that drive are, are a good bet over time. But, uh, you know, I would say, you know, he probably wants to be better, but I'm not sure he'll ever not want to be better than what he is. That is Blue Jays team president Mark Shapiro. That was from an interview he did with Blair and Barker earlier in the week. And uh, Barker had asked Mark Shapiro, are we too hard on Bo Bichette? And Shapiro's answer essentially was to say, hey, look, no one's as hard on Bo as Bo. And you kind of heard it when we played the piece of audio earlier in Jay's talk about Bo speaking to Arash and how he just wants to be the best hitter he can be. He goes up there with a plan. He wants to execute all the time, but especially with two strikes. And again, we saw a big game from Bo Bichette tonight. Uh, three RBI bases clearing double as the Blue Jays win four to one over the Pittsburgh Pirates at PNC Park in Pennsylvania. That's a lot of P's, a lot of P words here uh, as we welcome you back to Jay's talk here. Show Ali and Julia Kreutz. I got to say, uh, before we get to the bad 365 standings update, Julia, I'm, I'm a big Star Wars fan. I've always been pretty open about that. I, I've never been able to say Bo's full name without thinking of Boba Fett. And, and and just I don't know if I just completely screwed every time now, but like Bo- Boba Boba Shet, it just sounds now I just now I just I feel like I'm I'm gonna mess it up. Now. Yeah, I didn't want to say anything, show, but <laughs> you have actually been saying Boba Fett the whole day, <laughs> actually since last night. I again, you know, I, you I didn't want before now. You know. Well, I'm I'm sorry, I I didn't necessarily know how to bring that up. <laughs> I am wearing my Star Wars Jays shirt. Tonight. I can see that. Yeah. And and I thought, okay, it makes sense that he's messing this up so much. No, I'm kidding. You weren't. You, guys, <laughs> he was not. He didn't mess it up once. He's doing a great job. Uh, thank you very much. That's Julia Kreutz, everyone, from MLB.com. I'm Show Ali. Uh, let's get to the Bet365 standings update before we go back to the text line. With Bet365, you can bet on things like player props, totals of the money line across many different sports, 19-plus, play responsibly, Ontario only. So a number of teams in the wild card hunt and in the AL East all winning tonight, pretty much except for the New York Yankees. Things going from bad to worse for the Yankees. They lose, I believe it was two to one to the Tampa Bay Rays tonight at the Trop. So the Yankees are now 79 and 54. The Rays with a win are 74 and 57. The Jays with their wins, 72 and 59. So the Jays are six games back of the Yankees for the division lead raised four games back. The Baltimore Orioles crushing the Oakland athletics. I think the final score was nine to one, whatever it was, they won by a lot. So the Orioles are now 71 and 61. They're seven and a half games back of the division lead one and a half games back of the blue Jays and the Boston Red Sox beat the Texas Rangers for their fourth straight win. They won five to three earlier Saturday afternoon. So the Red Sox are 66 and 68. So if we look at the wild card standings, Julia as well, uh, we look at the uh, rest of the wildcard team. So the Rays are still leading the wildcard race. They are, again, 74 and 57, number one in the wildcard seeding. The Mariners also won tonight. They, uh, let's see, the final score for the Mariners, 4 nothing over the Cleveland Guardians. They're 74 and 58. So same amount of wins, one more loss than the Tampa Bay Rays. So they are half game back. And the Jays are in the third wildcard position right now, and they are one and a half games back of the Mariners. So it's going to be a tight race all season with the Baltimore Orioles one and a half games back of the Jays for the final wildcard spot and the third place in in the AL East. These next four games, well, not starting tomorrow, but on Monday, the four games after in Camden Yards, those are going to be those are going to be pretty huge. There's more games coming against the Orioles too, but in the immediate future, those four games in Baltimore are going to be big ones. Big ones for sure. It's funny you were updating us on the on the standings here and the scores i think that yes 
rightfully so, we've been focusing a lot on the AL East, but things are getting pretty interesting in the American League Central. When you look at what the Chicago White Sox did to the Twins today and then Cleveland on a four-game losing skid here, things are about to get murky there too, and that race is also going to come down to the wire. It is not as exciting <laughs> as the AL no, East because you're no. talking about teams with fewer than uh, than 70 wins. And when you look at what the Rays, Mariners, and Blue Jays have to go through just to make the playoffs, it is it seems a bit uh, a bit wild that Cleveland now holds a, a, a pretty a pretty comfortable uh, playoff spot at, at the top of their division with just 68 wins. That's that's how baseball goes, though, and you should be thankful that there's an extra wild card spot, right? No, but I mean, baseball, man, September. Yeah, it's gonna be wild. It's gonna be a wild month. There's no doubt about it. You put the Baltimore Orioles in the AL Central; they'll be leading that division. That is wild. That is absolutely insane to me, and uh, I think it just makes everyone a little more happy that in the uh, in the 2023 campaign with the balanced schedule, you get less games against the AL East and more games against the likes of the AL Central and the bottom of the AL West as yeah. well. So I think that's uh, that's always good at the very least. But that's a that's a next year conversation versus a this year conversation. But the wild card race is going to be an absolute tight one all the way through to I believe the final game in the regular season is on Wednesday, October 5th. So. Just a little over a month away, we have uh, baseball until the first week of October. Um, let's get to the text line, 590-590. Leave your name and location. I see you here, one uh, from Vincent Aurora. When I saw Trevor Richards was starting, I was expecting a complete and utter disappointment. I was wrong. How critical was saving a starter for the next series? I mean, that is ex- it basically worked out exactly like the Jays hoped it would. Uh, we didn't see Casey Lawrence as maybe we had speculated we would. But, uh, hey, getting what we got out of Trevor Richards and Yusei Kikuchi, I think, is absolutely terrific. Uh, Yusei Kikuchi wasn't terrible. Was he absolutely great? No. But what is he? was he terrible, Julia? I think no. And I think that's, that doesn't suck. I'll say that much. Uh, am I, am I going to campaign to put Kikuchi into a ballgame as a starter? Probably not. Probably not for the rest of the season on th- unless like something goes horribly, horribly wrong. But at the same time, he basically came into that ballgame at the time he did in the exact spot the Jays wanted him to come in for. Lefty hitters, it may have not gone the way they wanted right away. The flare single, flare single, pardon me, the booming RBI triple from O'Neill Cruz, which was huge, right? That guy, he's 6'7". He's a massive, he's a big boy, uh, but he's their young star. A great play by Vladdy on his butt to get the ball to Kikuchi, who who legs it out in front of a hustling Brian Reynolds. I, I will say that he had some trouble in, in his third inning of work. Uh, a hit given up and a walk, but he gets a strikeout. He gets lifted for Jimmy Garcia, who throws just six in six pitches that same inning to get the double play. I mean, two and a third from Kikuchi, four hits, one earned run, one walk, and five strikeouts. You ta- on a bullpen day, you take that. Oh yeah, as well as that could have gone, I think. And 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 you you nailed it. The that's exactly where the Blue Jays needed him. That's he he delivered exactly what the Blue Jays needed him to. Was it perfect? No, it was not. A lot of hard contact against Yusei Kikuchi. And then five strikeouts. I mean, again, Yusei Kikuchi being Kikuchi, who, we, who we've come to know and love this year, right? He is... Maybe not love. Well, fine. That's just me then. Whatever. <laughs> but he throws 39 pitches. He allows a lot of hard contact. When he is fooling hitters... He is absolutely fooling them, right? He the, the swing and miss potential with Kikuchi is huge. 
But then there's everything else. And kudos to John Schneider for recognizing that it was time to pull him, bring in Jimmy Garcia, who was extremely effective in his outing. Honestly, it's kind of understandable, too, that we didn't see Casey Lawrence because the Blue Jays did not lead until late in the game. And if you want to, if you want to, to put a guy in the game that has seen most of his time in AAA this year, you've got to have a pretty considerable lead. You've got to have some sort of, of comfort, comfort level, if you will, to, to, to put a guy like Casey Lawrence in a game like this. Now, is it good that they have an extra rested arm? For tomorrow, perhaps? 100% it is. Uh, all things considered, though, I like the approach of going with the more experienced guys, giving Adam Simber an inning, bringing on Tim Meza for one out, which was a huge one, and then Jordan Romano closing things out. Fun fact, I kind of I was just looking at this show. I don't know if you, if you know this or will be surprised by this. Okay. But... Adam Simber leads the league in appearances this year by uh, by pitchers. So this was his 62nd appearance for wow. the Blue Jays this year, Sheesh. and that's the most uh, by by pitchers in the National or the American League. Which I guess it makes sense. We have seen a lot of Adam Simber, but to lead the league, I got to say I was a little bit surprised. Uh, real quick before we go, Julia, I just wanted to get to Trevor Richards as well because I would expect. 14 pitches from Garcia tonight, 9 from Simber, 10 from Bass, 5 from Meza, 12 from Romano. I would guess they're all available tomorrow. You're going to want to not use all of them if you can, given the doubleheader on Monday and the series against Baltimore. Not a lot of days off in the foreseeable future. So I'm sure we'll see some of those guys tomorrow. But 25 pitches from Trevor Richards, 2 innings pitched, 1 hit, no earned runs. And three strikeouts, a very thrifty inning from Richards. I'll, you'll, you'll, I think you'll take that as well. He got you in the pregame show. We'll talk, we were talking about his changeup, and he wrapped up his appearance with a strikeout on the changeup. So that's good to see. That's that's great to see. And talk about understanding the assignment and being there for whatever your team needs of you, right? Trevor Richards comes in. He was very economical with his pitches. Only allowed a single hit. That was it from him. I, I don't see the Blue Jays drawing it up any better than than what Richards gave them. It, it was it was such a tricky spot to be put in. And not only did he execute, he actually thrived. He really did give the Blue Jays a chance right off the bat, right from the get-go. So successful bullpen night for the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, couldn't have gone better, and I'm glad they got the win. Uh, could have Maybe some more offense. You'd like to see that tomorrow, but still, uh, a win is a win is a win. That does it for Jays Talk tonight. Appreciate the calls and texts as always. Thanks for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, served up by the always game-ready Jack Links Meat Snacks. Feature Wildside baseball fans, the Jays beat the Pirates 4-1 at PNC Park tonight. Tomorrow, Ross Stripling heads to the mound. The Jays aim for the sweep. JT Brubaker will head the, will throw to the Pirates. Uh, Barker is actually on the Peacock feed of the series finale, so Sportsnet gave him the day off tomorrow, which means that Julia and I are back on Sunday to put a bow on things. Have a great Saturday evening, everyone. We'll talk to you tomorrow.